Hey coaches, welcome back. This is Coach Parker. Thanks for joining me today with Coaching You Football Tips and Talk podcast. I'm your host. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, before we get started, can you subscribe? That does a big help to me and cost you nothing. Please subscribe to the podcast or video. Really appreciate it. Thanks again, and we'll get started soon. Hey coaches, welcome back to Coaching Youth Football Tips and Talk Podcast. This is Coach Parker with CoachParker.org, your host. Today we've got another uh, episode of Keys to Fun, Success, and Winning. This is part five. Look for the other uh, podcasts and video podcasts in links below or on your uh, podcast service. Today we'll be talking about uh, coaching through teaching, demonstration, and progressions. And then we'll also hit a pretty forgotten topic a lot of times, special teams. So before we get into it, uh, please subscribe to the channel if you get a chance. It really helps me uh, in the search algorithms to get higher up. It doesn't cost you anything and helps me greatly uh, in bringing more free youth football content to the football community. So please subscribe, like, comment share all that good stuff that's a that's great and as always head over to coachparker.org for more free youth football content so let's get right into this so like i said this is part five uh we've got a lot of stuff there you can see uh or if you can't see your own podcast but uh we've we've talked about 20 uh topics so far and today we're going to hit coaching through teaching demonstration and progression and coaching special teams, the forgotten third phase of football, uh, which is kind of the secret sauce in winning more youth football games. So I know uh, uh, coach another youth football author, Coach Dave Caesar, long time ago when I read his book, uh, he said that uh, that is how you can steal some wins, and I definitely agree. It's through special teams. But before we get into that, let's talk about uh, teaching versus coaching and what is teaching and coaching and kind of my thoughts on that. So uh, it's funny. I see a ton of youth coaches expect these little 8 and 10 year old kids, youth football players, just to know how to block at birth uh, and run zone coverages on defense like they were born uh, you know, NFL pro football stars uh, because they're screaming and yelling, but yet they haven't really taught the fundamentals to these kids. And I see that with a lot of teams that we play. And as a uh, youth football coach and commissioner in the league, walking around and seeing other folks practice, it's quite, quite humorous. Uh, there's so many coaches, youth co coaches that are screaming at these 10 year olds uh, because I doubt that coach when he was 10 was that good. Uh, and that happens a lot with uh, quarterbacks and their dads and other coaches screaming about why can't you read pass coverages and why can't you pass better. And I always look at some of these dad helpers and dads and other coaches as like, did you throw that well when you were 10? I know when I was 10, our youth football uh, quarterback he actually became a blue chip here in Texas but uh, you know he wasn't like you know Roger Staubach and Tom Brady kind of things at 10 years old so just kind of 
coaches, you know, get that in your head that you have to teach some of this stuff. Uh, they're just not born with, you know, a professional athletes training. Even super studs have to be trained. The other thing is NFL players practice football fundamentals each week. Even the pros at the highest level practice every day learning and honing their daily skill set. And so youth football players are really no different than professional athletes with regards to practice. You know, they must be taught the fundamentals and then they must practice and get a lot of reps to do these things because it's hard. It's not an easy thing. So if you're not practicing things that you're screaming about in games or expecting kids to know, you know, you get what you coach. If you did not coach it, you're not getting it. So make sure that you're teaching uh, your kids uh, how to do things. Uh, and remember, kids must be introduced to the football fundamentals before they start playing. And I see a lot of bad youth football coaches out there not teaching them anything. We get many kids each season that come into our teams and we talk about these fundamentals and stance and how to play certain positions and hand placement and steps and things like that. And it's really scary that these youth players who may have played two or three years on some other teams aren't taught some of these basic fundamentals uh, by these other coaches. And some of these guys are winning coaches, but, you know, just had really good running backs. And that sometimes can overcome some bad coaching. But uh, uh, I don't go for that. I think, you know, you must be coaching in practice your kids. And let's talk about that some more. So teaching demo demonstration progression, you know, make sure you teach your kids the fundamental and you're not just one of those coaches that's screaming and blowing their whistle hey block this kid hey do this and you're not really teaching any anybody except for maybe your six running backs remember there's other there's there's a lot of other kids besides your running backs on the team and if you want those guys to block or do anything you need to spend time with them the other thing is respect your players. Uh, don't just boss them around. You know, you want to have discipline and rules and set standards, but you don't want to be a tyrant. You want to encourage and motivate. So, you know, that comes with teaching uh, these fundamentals where they're going to respect you enough to listen to you to do it. You want to motivate, involve the players, include them, and create this atmosphere of fun, you know, but like I always say, you want to play for fun, but winning is funner. You know, you've got to create this fun, especially at youth football. I mean, I remember got to middle school and high school and it became kind of a job. I played for large schools in Texas and these high school coaches were worried about getting promoted and keeping their jobs and they turned it into a job for us. And really it didn't, it wasn't fun anymore. And so, you know, Let's try to keep the youth football part of it fun so they're not quitting at 10 and never try to play. Our sport really needs to grow. I think, you know, you really want to reward your players more than punishing them. I see too many coaches, you know, let's run wind sprints because we didn't do this or, or we lost the game. So we're going to do 20 wind sprints and bear crawls across the field. Um, 
Yeah, I, I don't think that's really going to make fun and make kids want to come back and play for you. You know, society is kind of changing and everybody's got to kind of change with it. And this old timey Bear Bryant coach where we're going to, you know, not hydrate the, the kids for hours because to make them tough, uh, that's just not where we go. You know, we've gotten a couple of kids that have played for us. And then they've gotten on some other teams and uh, they come back to us and like, yeah, we like, you know, this coach wins like you guys do, but we would much rather be playing with you guys. It's just not the same type of atmosphere. And it's, it's versus, you know, respectful versus just kind of screaming at the kids. So there's that. Uh, you know, to be able to teach and really coach effectively, I feel like you need to become an expert in it. And you really need to become an expert in football and what youth football is versus, you know, high school football. You know, are you continuously learning? What did you learn last and when did you do it? You know, you really got to just keep up on this stuff because there's other coaches that are good that are that are that are doing that. Uh, remember, teaches, teaching is communication. Uh, people start to learn uh, really after three or five times they've heard it or sessions. You want to kind of, when you're talking about fundamentals and things, you want to, you know, say it multiple, multiple times in different ways. So it it's slightly different each time. So somebody that might not have got it this way, they'll get it this way. Be open to questions and saying it over and over because they're kids, so they're trying to learn. And don't get me wrong, their their minds right now are really opening open to a learning a lot of stuff. I mean, that's what kids can soak up a lot of information. So be open to to teaching those fundamentals right now. I mean, answer questions. You can send out info and pamphlets. There's YouTube videos. I've done those for teams. I've done kind of little quasi playbooks or pamphlets to hand out to parents and and then you right now I know everybody's doing Zoom meetings so you could hold a Zoom meeting practice to do stuff like that so that's some of the teaching you can do uh, you know one of the reasons I started actually writing my football playbooks that I sell now is they were mine and then a couple of guys wanted to buy them but I was writing them for myself so I could be better understand what I was coaching and teaching so I could become an expert on what I was trying to demonstrate and teach and so that's kind of how I got into this uh, the other thing is you know you're talking and you're telling the kids what to do I've always felt that you really as a coach should be down in the trenches with them and demonstrate these skills with another coach or a bigger player or a bag and you want to show them so they understand you know, not just verbally, but they can see it as an image of what you're doing. So you really kind of need to understand the, how to teach the skill and what to do so you can demonstrate that so the kids can see that. You know, we want to break down the skill. You know, when you teach these skills, you want to, they call it progression. You know, you really want to teach it in steps so you don't overload them with a lot of information right at, at, at first. So an example about blocking would be, you know, st their stance, 
how they get into that, where their feet are, the steps that they're going to make, and then how their hands are going to move, and then engaging with the player, and their drive steps, and kind of finishing. And so you're teaching each one of these little steps. And I know when we teach blocking, I mean, we do stance and steps like every day, you know, our first our stance and our first three to five steps, our first step and how we're gonna get at an angle. And I know NFL guys do that also. So remember this progression teaching and you want to be able to demonstrate that on bags or other coaches or bigger players that you can do that. Uh, the other thing is, you know, you want to do these continuous reps and training is like I said, you know, people take three to five sessions really to understand that. And then their body just it just if you do reps and you keep training, it, your body starts to memorize that kind of stuff. And you really want to require everybody and expect everyone to get better. But you, you don't want to be screaming and yelling at everybody. You know, everybody's going to progress at their own pace. And just remember that. And then your test and evaluation, if they know the information, is really in your scrimmages and games. And you, you, you want to be able to understand that they're young players and this is a continuous learning process. I know a lot of folk, a lot of young players get very emotional that they've made mistakes and you want to realize and look i started realizing this late in life as a younger coach i was not this i guess nice uh as you could be but you know if somebody makes an interception on them or they don't make the right play i mean they have so many other football games to play and football plays and reps that this one thing is not going to end the world, that it's not that big of a deal in the big picture of things. Yes, it hurts right now, but, uh, you know, they're always learning. And if they make the mistake, hey, you won't make that mistake again, probably. You'll learn from your mistakes. So that's kind of my philosophy on teaching, coaching, demo, and progression, and all that. So let's jump into what I think may be the secret sauce of winning more football games and that's the third phase of football special teams and although it's third you'll notice that I've talked about special teams before I've talked about offense and defense in this series so let's talk about special teams it is the third phase of football and I definitely believe it's very very important and we win a lot of games because of our special teams and we take that very seriously do not forget or ignore that we played a team about six or seven years ago that was not coaching special teams and we got six onside kicks that particular game because they were not prepared to have that happen uh, special teams you know takes a ton of reps and practice time to get it perfected so you've got to prioritize which of the phases of special teams you're really going to work on and which one is most important uh, i believe for what we do in youth football and that's you know six u to 12 u is at least 30 minutes each week if not an hour we try to set up each of our special teams kickoff kick return punt punt return extra point we don't really do field goals because we normally don't have a kicker that can do that and then 10 to 15 minutes pre-game we want to line everybody up to make sure that 
they're all good to go because kids forget and it becomes a problem and I hate blowing timeouts because kids aren't on the field because they forgot where to go. So you, you know, really you want to keep it basic if you don't have, you know, like in high school you'll have one practice which sometimes is like a Thursday or a Friday before the game kind of thing where you do an hour, hour and a half of all your special team phases. And if you don't really have that, then trying to do everything in special teams. As a youth football team, I'm always tied up for time. So I don't feel like I ever have enough time to get in offense and defense, much less specialty plays within my special teams group. So that's how I feel. Maybe you're different. Maybe you're a select travel team and have four practices a week. We only have two. So if you have that fourth practice, you can do some of these things. We've been very successful with kicking with soccer player and big offensive linemen that are, have long legs to kick PATs. That's worked for us. So take that. Also, uh, onside kicks have been great for us. We really practice that piece of the special teams. Uh, kick returns, you should be ready for deep or onside kicks. I would definitely be ready for onside kicks. That's a majority of what people will kick under maybe 11U. Uh, we, in particular, hardly ever punt. So... You know, that's just a quirk. A lot of teams don't do that. Uh, we will punt if we're like within our 20 or 10. And if that, we may fake it or do a rugby punt. Rugby punt is where you just sweep out and you try to kick it to the sideline. Now, if you have a, a real punter that can punt out punt coverage, then you can think about that. But punt's the most dangerous play in football. Punt return, I should say. Uh, punt returns, we seldom do it only because... Uh, we don't practice catching punts that much, and we've lost a few games because of muffed uh, punt returns. So we rush, uh, and then it, we may put somebody back, and just if it comes right to them, they may do it. But if it's off, uh, we don't have them touch it. The other thing is you should let everyone do a kickoff tryout. We found some pretty interesting kickers that can kick off that are accurate because we look at accuracy over distance for our, our kickoffs because uh, we do uh, onside kick to a sideline. We've got uh, kind of an overloaded gunners that go down there and we have very specific things that we do with that. So let's look at all the phases real quick. So some of this is from uh, a previous presentation in 2014, but let's just go through it real quick. So kickoffs, uh, for us, onside kicks are most popular, and that's what I've seen within our league the last 10 years. Uh, deep kicks, uh, I think those are really dangerous, kind of like punts. If you've got a kicker that can kick deep and kick it away from the best back that's back there, then there may be something there. And if you've got some fast kids that can get down the field and make open field tackles. But if you're a slow team, I definitely would not kick it deep to the fastest team that's in your league. Otherwise, that's probably uh, six points really quick. Uh, we try to kick onside kicks to a minimum play player or a big lineman on the first or second row that we know that has no hands. And we have calls to do that. Like I said, find a soccer player that could be your kicker. Uh, I personally like to practice kicks in pre-practice for 
for about 20 reps and we kicked to a to a second tier line about 15 yards in a triangle and we set up a triangle and we're trying to kick for accuracy to that spot because we have our outside guy run down who's usually our fastest kid on the team he's going to try to actually catch that kick we have two other kids that are following that ball trying to get it and tackle or mess up whoever's trying to catch it and that's worked out really well for us to do that so that's our kickoff we have kicked deep when the wind is with us and we can outkick their coverage and we've got some fast kids but uh I would say, you know, about 50-50, it gets back to the 50-yard line anyway, where we had an onside kicked anyway. Anyway, so it it's like the risk is really high if they run it back, so I can control it if I'm doing this onside kick. But you may have, you guys may be different, so tell me what you think there. Kick return, uh, this should be your hands and speed team only. Don't put... If you can help it, don't put your big linemen out there that have no hands uh, and don't hide your MPPs there because this will cost you. It's cost me. I've learned from this. Uh, the other thing, there's a trap kick return where you can assign players, where you assign players by a number system to count from each sideline and the guys will... will uh, block those guys so you can set up a trap or just a straight kick return from that uh that's another video uh, podcast but there's that you should try to get you should try to learn if these guys your opponents are going to want a short kick onside deep kick if they kick right or left or to their sidelines so you kind of know where to put your put your back uh punts like i said we're only going to punt within our 10 or 20 I think it's one of the most dangerous plays in youth football. There's so many variables with the snap, the kick, the return, the open field tackles. We tend to do fake punts quite a bit or rugby punts. The other thing that you could do uh, is we did a lot in our select travel team when I was a kid. And I think it was more prevalent as, as, uh, as back in the 70s. But we did quick kicks on third down if we were backed up. That way the defense doesn't take the opportunity to put their stud running back back at safety. And so we would do a quick kick because our quarterback was, was our punter too and that worked out well. So there's some thoughts on that. Uh, punt return. Uh, uh, this is another one. We don't practice this a lot because we don't we don't have a guy that's kicking punts and having our receiver or punt returner catch them. So we're just not doing that enough to I feel comfortable that I want to put on a punt return. So uh, we basically have no one touch the ball. We've got a bad guy back there. And only if the ball kind of just drops into his lap is he going to catch it. We'll try to go for a punt block. Uh, our best hands person will be deep. Uh, but we really, we've lost a few games by muffing some punts. So we try to just block and tell everybody don't touch the punt return. Because for me, I would rather just get the ball and move from there instead of muffing the punt and giving them 20 yards because we've muffed the punt. And we can put pressure on their kicker and we've blocked a bunch of punts or there's been a muff punt anyway and gone sideways. So there's that. Uh, Point after kicks, extra point kicks, field goals. Uh, we don't practice it a lot uh, in this league. In an old league I was in, we did because it was two points if we kicked it. 
So we we really worked on having a player that could kick extra points, and we would practice that. He would practice pre-practice every every practice doing that. Uh, we've had great success with big, long, tall offensive linemen just straight kicking extra points. Uh, you know, just with their big toe and putting it over the, the deal. Or if you've got a soccer player that's into kicking and they want to learn that, then we've had that too. Uh, we've also found that having our best player or quarterback holding for our kicks works great. And we'll run actually fakes from that, uh, which has turned out really well too. Because if they drop the ball anyway, we just audible and he picks it up and runs and, and throws a pass usually to a fullback going out. Uh, to me, we haven't done very many field goals because it's usually too long for the youth kickers. But if you've got it, great. If you can do it, I'm not sure how much practice time you want to do it. Uh, but we just have decided that's not a priority for us. Uh, and look, you know, if you're going to kick PAT kicks, uh, extra points, and they're only worth one point, then what I've determined for myself is that, that we, we need a 60%, the 66% per positive percentage of making those versus just running in a short beast tank or wedge or whatever, because we're, we're pretty good at getting our extra one point on the extra point. So, uh, there's that. So that's kind of all the phases there in special teams that I consider for a youth football team. Uh, there's a lot there, and I hope you got something out of it, uh, both from the, uh, the coaching, teaching, demo progression, and special teams. Uh, and remember, coaching in football is hard. It's a learned skill. takes time. It's like herding cats. Parents are crazy. There's league politics, great opposing coaches. You didn't get any studs on your team, and it's a big time commitment. So keep learning. Uh, keep practicing, keep being a good person, keep being a good coach and motivate your players. Uh, if you like this video uh, and you want to support me to bring more free content to the youth football coaching community, uh, you can head over to coachparker.org. I've got a playbook store there. I've got all these playbooks. If you want to support me monetarily, you can get a playbook. That would be that helps out a ton. I've got a new book out that's coming out. You can buy the draft copy right now over there. But it'll, uh, I think I'm getting it out Monday. There's, It's a single wing formation, selected youth football plays. There's over 200 single wing plays. Great new book. Uh, should be out uh, soon. You can get the final draft copy now. And as it gets updated, you'll get the updated download. And that is an ebook. It's digital. So. Hope you like this podcast, video podcast. If you did, please subscribe, like, share, comment, do all that good stuff uh, with uh, YouTube or your podcast service. Really appreciate it. Uh, again, it's Coach Parker with CoachParker.org. Uh, this was, let's see, uh, part five of the Keys to Fun, Success, and Winning, training for new youth football coaches. So I think that's it. Hey! Remember to play for fun and winning is funner. Stay safe. See you guys next time. Ciao.